Hey guys, Future Stosh here again, just to let you know that this episode went on a little long again, so we had to split it into two parts, just like we did for the last episode. So, this first episode is just actually going to be the summary, and everything else is going to be in part two. Anyway, enjoy season two, episode 15, Phases. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to... Jim was canceled, a Buffy podcast. I am Stosh. And I am Jess. And today we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season two, episode 15, Phases. Phases. Before we get started, Jess, do you have any corrections or clarifications? I do, actually. I want to put in that uh, after listening to us talk about it last episode, I'm going to change my Herbert. Okay. I put Giles, and even as I was listening to it, I was like, who did I put? I think I put Giles, and I, that was not right. My Herbert was Buffy. Okay. Why? I liked her a lot, that whole episode. And we talked about how, like, on point, Sarah Michelle Gellar and David Boreanaz were through the whole episode. And, like, that's true for both of them. But just all around Buffy, I felt her the most from, like, personal experience and also just, like, Overall, I think she delivered the best, and she was just so great. I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense. It feels like we kind of forgot Buffy could be an option because she was, like, the center of the plot so much that it felt like it had to be someone in relation to Buffy instead of her herself. So giving it to her actually makes a lot of sense now that you say it. Yeah, well, and I, like, try not to pick her usually because she's just... The main character. The main character, you know? But um, this is one episode where I just, I really wanted to give it to her. That was an episode of a different Herbert for this one. Sure, that makes sense. Um, And then (laughs) I went back and I watched it and I did not see anyone moving while the judge was at the mall. Yeah, you sent me the clip and I can't (laughs) find him either. I I have a very vivid memory of this guy I was talking about, but rewatching, I couldn't find him either. So maybe I made it up. Yeah, so, I I mean, I think that there was, like, somebody's, like, stocking water or something who wasn't concerned when the judge zapped, like, the first guy, because he disintegrated one guy, but then he extended his arms and, like, collected everyone. I I very specifically remember it being when he's zapping everyone and everyone kind of stops moving because they're getting zapped, and that guy being, like, behind where Buffy and, like... (laughs) Xander and everyone are standing. Yeah, I think maybe water. I think maybe you saw Xander getting the rocket launcher out of the box or Ooh, something. Maybe, and I just thought, what the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> yeah. But I could, I could see that. That's the only other clarification that I had. What about you? Um, I didn't have any corrections or clarifications, but I did want to talk about on the podcast, just in case anyone doesn't follow our social media but listens that we got locked out of our recording software for like two weeks. So that's why we were behind and it take us a while to uh, clear everything up. And now we've kind of switched to a Wednesday later while we try to play catch up. Yeah. And we might just stick on the opposite Wednesday for now, but so everyone's aware. That's why everything's a week late now. Yeah. And our Thursday debate for innocence is going to be a week later than it would have otherwise been and we're gonna just kind of go on the every other week thing with that too until we get caught up if we get caught up right yeah 
Well, I'm going to turn my attention over to our guest for the episode. Welcome back, Rain. Hey, guys. How's it going? Do you have any clarifications or corrections from your previous episode? Uh, I have no clarifications. Thank you for asking. Okay, cool. Perfect. Well, let's launch into the summary then. Rain, do you want to start us off? So I'm pretty sure that we start off this episode with uh, Sunnydale and uh, right in the morning with uh, Oz and Willow at the trophy case and Oz uh, (laughs) staring at the cheerleading trophy. God, he is, he knows, he knows too much. He knows too much. I loved that so much. God, the back to the first couple episodes. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was sitting on my couch so hyped. I was like, they brought it up. I didn't think they were gonna. (laughs) Well, because I was, I was remembering when you, we were talking about it, and you were like, "I think maybe she'll come back," mm-hmm. and or maybe you said you didn't think she would come back. I should have gone back and listened to your prediction, and I was like, "Oz brings her up." <laughs> I was so excited. That's cool. I just like the continuity behind it too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, they did that a, a two or three times in this episode where they just referenced like something that had already happened previous things mm-hmm. but like it was from like a one-off episode in season one not plot heavy right and i was like that's just a nice bringing it together which i appreciate mm-hmm. and we have uh, some cute banter between willow and oz yes in the midst of a budding relationship of some kind but yes. god is it awkward yes willow is <laughs> willow had a good time but she's very awkward that's oh, what i wrote down oh yeah oh yeah but uh, we we ship Willow Oz in this household for sure. <laughs> yeah, over Every here day. personally. Yeah. I just mm. uh, and then we get a nice callback to Larry from the Halloween episode. I didn't know if you recognized him. Good old Larry. Nope, I did not he, at all. He picked on Xander and then I, he became the pirate. And Xander punched him and was like, "That gave me an odd sense of closure." Nope, I don't remember that at all. When they were in costume. That said, I thought he was familiar, but I thought he was from season one somewhere. He's from a... I feel like he's been in scattered in a couple episodes randomly. I feel like we need to, like, pop back and, like, kind of just, like, skim over some stuff. Because, like, I feel like he's been in the background of some things. Whether it's at plays or, like, just, like, high, like school events or something. He's yeah. been involved. Maybe, but he was he was brought up in the Halloween episode because... yes. Uh, he was going to punch Xander or he made a comment about Buffy that Xander was like I'm going to beat you up for it and then Buffy like came to Xander's defense and then Xander was all but hurt that she like got in the way of him getting beaten up and then I do remember that specifically I just didn't recognize that he was the guy that did that yeah but that is the guy that did that so he's brought back which was another fun continuity uh, but then it switches to Willow talking to Buffy and how bummed she is that it's going slow with Oz. Oh, yeah, because Willow's going to be the only one without a real boyfriend. <laughs> yes, except Buffy. <laughs> Who, even evil. if Angel wasn't evil, she wouldn't have like a quote unquote <laughs> real boyfriend. Yeah. So. It was pretty good, though. I, that was a good reminder of like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on right now <laughs> outside of this. Yeah, because this episode feels a little bit, I mean, it is very Monster of the Week, but Mm -hmm. they kept the plot present. Which I loved that it felt Monster of the Week. I feel like we've needed to get back to that for a minute. It's been, I mean, I'm not binging it, you know, I'm only watching every couple of weeks, but it, it's felt really heavy. So I was really glad to get back to a Monster of the Week for a minute. It's a nice little side quest. Yeah. Even though, like, it's only been two episodes because Bed Eggs was also Monster of the Week. (laughs) Yeah, but that episode sucked. (laughs) No offense, Investigating Angel. (laughs) Sorry, that episode was gross. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) 
Anyway. Yeah. Was there anything else to say about that before? Um, I just wrote Willow is still not cool with Xander because she brought up that he was dating Cordelia and she's still also, not okay with it. That yeah. 1-800 skanky hoe. Oh, okay. It's in my quotes at the, the uh, that's uh, fine. Door, I think. I and just, I was like, yeah. it was, that was a stretch though, of a burn. I felt. I, I do like, like Buffy's reaction of, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Willow was wildly annoyed. And I bring that up later because I'm like, it's funny because she's cool with Cordelia. <laughs> I know they're hanging out the next scene, which I liked, but it was definitely like, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it was a thing. It was definitely a double standard on her part. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's mad at Xander, not Cordelia. Yeah. Well, she, it's, yeah. I, it's just, I feel common for people to blame both people when a relationship is like that, when it. When you're not approving of a relationship. But it's it was a good little segue because it, it immediately flips to Xander being not cool about Oz. <laughs> because he's, yeah, he's well, not going to admit it, but he's jealous. And I, I liked that Cordy called him out, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Cordy will mess around. Yeah, she Uh-oh. was like, dude, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she was also arguably jealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, for sure she was. I don't blame her. But I'm glad right. she didn't just internalize it and deal with it. She called him out. Which Cordelia would never internalize it. That's I feel true. Like. Mm-hmm. But, but I agree with you. It was a really nice, like... It's still good to see it. Don't let that shit fly. And she mentions that it's a full moon. And... My note right here says, <laughs> oh shit, it's time. Oh, shit, <laughs> I know, it's time. I'm so excited. <laughs> when you made your guess about werewolves last episode, I don't know how well I did with my face, but I was like, oh, maybe you're right. Like, but no. I opened my head, I was like, he's so right. <laughs> uh, you actually did fine. I didn't suspect a thing. Good. <laughs> that said, I try to make werewolves work into like all the titles. Right. And mm-hmm. that was such an easy one that right. like I was just like, nailed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Little did you know. Right. Um, so after that, it goes to the intro. Yeah, then that's the credits. And after the credits... Also, it was a lot of shit before the credits. Like, I know, it was a very long a introduction. Good few, yeah. A few good mi- minutes of actual I, like, content, yeah, too. I feel like Buffy does that a lot, but this time it stood it, out. I was yeah. Like, um, I, I didn't like pause it or anything, but looking at my notes, like that is like... There's a lot before the intro. Yeah. Well, and like in comparison to the rest of my notes, I feel like it's... Almost an entire fifth. Jesus. <laughs> a sizable chunk. That's a lot. <laughs> I know. So then it goes back to Cordy and Xander making out, right? In her dad's car? Yes. And he and keeps it, hearing something. I don't remember if that happened before or after the credits. I, but she's all, you're not here in the moment. And yeah. It's like, yeah, he hears fucking noises. Like, <laughs> Yeah, basically they get attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. And it rips through her dad's soft top. Mm-hmm. To which I was like, oh, her dad's going to be pissed. <laughs> Not as pissed as her, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. That's an expensive car to get damaged like that. That's true. Like, she's mad, but I'm sure her dad's going to be fucking furious. How do you explain that to your parents? Daddy, I was making out with a secret boyfriend and the fucking werewolf tore through the roof of your fucking vehicle. I would probably just say, like, I was driving around and I got, there was an animal that just, like, jumped on my car. And since there were reports of other animal attacks that night, I think it would be believable. Exactly. 
I don't know if Cordy's smart enough to come up with that, but that's also what I would do. That is pretty fair. Yeah. Well, my next note after credits is Giles is pumped, so I just like glazed over that whole thing. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh, I have uh, love the Giles geeking over werewolves. <laughs> it's one of the classics or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Because I, I liked uh, Oz comforting Willow over that and everything. Um, I also do like uh, Buffy's rendition of like, the werewolf as opposed to like just the specific night of the full moon you have several nights of like where the werewolf is mm, actually cause, active because like the full moon is it's like three days like it there's is one it full is moon, but. waiting and waxing of it is just like mm-hmm. a little bit more complete within several days rather than just like one just span of a night i yeah. actually liked that a lot too it's a clever workaround to needing to spend a whole another month until right. another attack right yeah and it, it Sort of makes sense, as much as a full moon makes sense of anyway. It does. It, it honestly does. But then it switches to gym class, mm-hmm. and they're learning self-defense. Just because class. of the attacks, yep. Is that, was it just because of the attacks? I think it's because, in part of the attacks, but I, because I, I remember that specifically because it, I thought it was funny and kind of ironic. It's like, it took you guys two seasons and 15 episodes to figure out, <laughs> maybe we might want to teach them some self-defense. Yeah. You've literally had people murdered on site on campus in the, <laughs> like, gym. In, the gym, in the gym in the locker rooms of the, okay no sports that's what i'm hearing here no more sports well it's like harsh. she talks about how she's like i know that sunnydale a lot of weird things happen or something was like her intro to the self-defense class and i was yep. like huh <laughs> yeah, that this might things. be something you should teach to like every student body level like not just juniors like all of them but um yeah and then during that i have larry was bitten by a dog and oz was bitten by his cousin Mm -hmm. and buffy has to pretend to be meek but she fails at it well not at first well, I also do want to note uh, in the transaction when they were getting, going into groups where uh, it's Teresa and Larry before Buffy is like, hey, I'm in your group, mm-hmm. is uh, Larry literally says, I'm going to attack you to Teresa <laughs> and just gives like this weird creep vibe. I just obviously mm. Larry's like that, just like standard bully, but he yeah. gives like that weird just like. Uh, I didn't notice he said that to her. Yeah. But I did notice when like Larry's like, I got attacked by a dog. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Oz walks up and he's like, I got attacked by my cousin or whatever. Yeah. Just he's like mock-off. being all goofy. Um, 39 stitches is a lot, is it not? <laughs> I feel like that sh- it is Depends absolutely. on where you live, though, because maybe Sunnydale, it's not so much. Well, I just, <laughs> I don't are, know. The those only are time, low numbers. Yeah. The only time I was supposed to get stitches, they super glued it, so. Mm-hmm. It just fuses the skin. Yeah. For as long as it takes for the fucking glue to fall off, and that's way after your skin actually like heals together technically so that's that's yeah. weird but it makes it was, sense that was when you were six yeah something five or six something like mechanics do if they like slice their finger they'll fucking get super glue and like cuts uh, together guitarists and do that too yep. they, they make super glue now for fingertips for when you cut your fingers that's playing guitar so funny but we that's when we meet Teresa is in the gym class i did not notice that it is no. indeed when we meet Teresa. Yeah. Um, it would have been kind of cool to meet her in like a previous episode, but it's at least nice that they set her up right. before they kill her. <laughs> they set her up. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I did write down that Larry got a dog bite and I was like, that's a red herring. <laughs> like it wants me to think right now he's the werewolf and I'm calling it now. He's not. Did you so. 
suspect that it was Oz? Not right here, but later I did. It was weird. It, it actually it might have been right here. So there's a point where I was thinking about who the werewolf could be, and I looked at Oz, and I was like, I don't know why, but I think it might be him. And I specifically remember thinking it was his hair and earring that made <laughs> me feel like it was going to be. He, he has, and, like, the, the ears. It, yeah. I don't and know it, what it is. I get it. Okay, cool. The spikiness. I thought I was being weird, but I definitely saw it and was like, I don't know why, but I think it's going to be Oz. So I was wondering if you felt deja vu at all. I did, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, I wrote, I want to note that I wrote down, Buffy has to be meek, but she fails. At least she's in class. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, she did it. Go Buffy for just Dude. whooping his ass. That <laughs> was so satisfying. Seriously. <laughs> Especially like right after, and like, I don't know if you've been through, I, I'm sure you've been through this, Dosh. You've probably had your uh, ass grabbed a few times by... Once or twice. You know, passerbys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, like, actually, like, having, like, someone, especially someone that you're not comfortable around, mm -hmm. ex like, extremely close in your personal bubble against you and then makes a sexual advance towards you when you're not okay with that is like by far one of the creepiest things. And then having the satisfaction of just watching someone just fling him fucking several feet through the air and onto the ground in front of them is just, and then Oz's uh, just wise comment. Well, that worked well of her trying right. to like Willow trying to <laughs> yeah. the precautionary. Don't do it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> but yeah. So then it switches to them talking about, how the werewolf full moon situation works and and giles says something like there's no science behind why the full moon would affect the human physiology mm -hmm. but it does apparently happen mm -hmm. and i think i've heard something about the fact that it's like the gravitational pull like how it affects tidal waves and stuff yeah but i i literally wrote google and then i forgot to do that <laughs> so i feel like I've heard that debunked, but I don't know for sure. But I also know it's something I've heard. I, yeah. I have heard similar things, and I was thinking along the similar lines, and like, we can we can always do a quick Google search. The lunar cycle affects on human and animal behavior and physiology. The lunar cycle, and this is just a little highlighted tidbit, the lunar cycle has an impact on human reproduction, in particular fertility, menstruation, and birth rate. Melatonin levels appear to correlate with the menstrual cycle. Admittance to hospitals and emergency units because of various causes, cardiovascular and acute coronary events, diarrhea, urinary retention, and etc. correlated with moon phases. Mm. A little gross. Um, in addition, other events associated with human behavior, such as traffic accidents, crimes, and suicides, appeared to be influenced by the lunar cycle. However... A number of reports find no correlation between the lunar cycle and human reproduction and admittance to clinics and emergency units. Hmm. That's interesting. So basically there's no science behind it, but it is a thing. It's a thing, but it's not a thing, but it's a thing. So that's well, basically kind of what I said already. Yeah, it's, and a, it's, it's a gray area. It's basically yeah. what Giles said too, I yeah, feel like. it's Yeah, basically we're agreeing with the show. Yeah, and then uh, I believe... Uh, Xander mentioned something about uh, yeah, I wrote moon, down, moon pies. I wrote yeah. down Giles actually laughs at a joke Xander makes. Which, because I, I feel like that was so, big for him. It's it so was. wholesome to see Giles actually laugh, by the way. And like, also a side comment, I fucking hate moon pies. They're so <laughs> gross. I don't think I know what they are. They're like, 
chocolate covered marshmallow. Oh. But it's not like standard marshmallow like you're used to. It's like old school marshmallow. Okay. Or it's like. <laughs> I didn't know it was a real pie. <laughs> All right. After that, it switches to Buffy and Giles. It well make out point or whatever, right? Before that, Giles is firmly against werewolf murder. Yes, that's true. He establishes that there. I which I like. I also like it. <laughs> um, I think that it is decidedly the right position to have. Same, same, same. I mean, I've never seen it really taken up before, though, because like Xander even brings it up, like, oh, silver bullets, got it. Because usually the goal is kill the werewolf in werewolf media. I did want to note that there is like a lot of weird sexual tension this episode because of the comp, like, and just kind of adding on to the, the scene in the library with them. Uh, Buffy makes like a comment about, uh, and it sounds like a typical guy describing the, uh, the werewolf's behavior and stuff like that. And uh, it's it's kind of like a lot of sexual tension notes not just like between characters but like also like a little bit of sexual harassment a little bit of sexism a little bit of like extremes like you were talking about and it's kind of something that you don't really see in this show a lot so it's just it's kind of interesting seeing the show develop a little bit maturely in certain areas like that and i do think that that's a little bit of a lingering effect from the last episode where buffy Mm -hmm. lost her virginity and angel was the stereotypical boyfriend who's no longer interested now that he got what he wanted and like all of that, so just in a very extreme sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Giles is against werewolf murder, and then he and Buffy go to the hooking up spot. So when that scene started, I don't know if it was or not, but I thought the couple that it started on was Xander and Cordy making out. So did I. You're, <laughs> and I was, you're not alone. Yeah, it I, wasn't them, but it definitely gave off the same vibe. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, I like how during the mission they just get a make out while Giles is on patrol. <laughs> They're and the bait. <laughs> yeah. My my note says something. Um, let me find it. It says, I like how, and then I realized that there were other cars making out and stuff, and I, and I wrote, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, I do love that Giles does uh, thinks that these people around them and the cars are like, well, maybe maybe one of them saw something. Giles, that. they're, they're a little quotes. busy, sweetie. I don't think they looked. I don't think Giles has been out to that location or any, any similar places, probably. No, I think the closest he's come is monster trucks. <laughs> but then, yeah, so then Buffy's walking through and she gets caught up in a trap. <gasps> Gasp. And uh, we meet Kane. Some- really creepy mm, it's not specified immediately that he's a hunter but you can definitely kind of get the vibe that he's trying to hunt something or he's trap a, something I, I figured it out pretty yeah. much I was like oh yeah. this guy's hunting vamp- or werewolves he's hunting sense. something for sure he's definitely, definitely hunting vampires yeah, no, that'd but be he, wild. he definitely gives some really <laughs> <laughs> he definitely gives off some uh, I wrote down mega creepazoid vibes <laughs> yeah. he definitely was like a jerk immediately oh, I was like, yeah. this yeah. dude sucks <laughs> Uh, and then Kane makes some pretty uh, strong insinuations that Giles does not appreciate. And that and are no they one even insinuations? I feel like he's outright saying what he <laughs> hey, means. Hey, yo, you tapping that? Whoa, dude. Wild. Because, uh, no. Uh, but we were, and then we pretty much immediately learned that he is not opposed to werewolf murder. No. No, he's got a tooth on his necklace for each one he's killed. Yeah, and he's about to try to find number 12, 12. for an even dozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice baker's batch. No, that'd be 13. 
That's a baker's dozen, yes. Thirteen is a baker's dozen. So you throw in an extra one. But Kane also reveals that werewolves are really into hormones. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is weird to me. Is that a normal thing for werewolves? I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't think so. But it does kind of make sense with Giles talking about how, like, it brings out our animalistic side. And that's why the werewolves come out during the full moon. Right. Um, And then it cuts to Teresa walking home from school. Mm-hmm. And Angelus shows up. Oh, hey, buddy. So what, has Teresa been in other episodes no. than this? Okay, no. She showed up so, in gym class. That was I, her introduction. So I didn't notice her in gym class. And my note here says, Who the fuck is this? This girl that Angelus is about to kill looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, are correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Almost as familiar as Larry. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Almost exactly as familiar, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if I was supposed to recognize her, but I was like, oh, she's dead. Yeah, well, I wrote down, Angelus runs into Teresa, ominous. And um, uh, Can we just talk about how much more confident Angelus is than Angel? Oh, yeah, no. Angelus is a cocky little bitch. Yeah. That's like, like the easiest it, way to put it's it. It's just wild to like picture, especially early episode angel oh yeah how he's like reserved and like has his like shoulders tucked in and like won't look at anyone and like just looking at angelus now how he'll just like walk up to this chick and like pick her up for a walk home having a soul does so much to a person it's just wild especially when i feel like uh, obviously for like a vampire i guess like taking your soul and like just having literally just monster um, but yeah, we see Angelo's kind of be a cocky little shit and be <laughs> like, hey, don't you know Buffy? Yeah. It's like, you keep our girl's name out of your mouth. <laughs> Angelus- keep my wife's name out your <laughs> fucking mouth. <laughs> so then it switches to Willow and Cordelia bonding over how much they're upset at their men <laughs> while watching the band lotion play their song blind for now oh, i'm proud of you for bringing that up organically totally and then i just ruined it yeah thanks <laughs> jeez jess um yeah no willow and cordelia actually bonding over not just like xander being an idiot but also oz like not taking initiative is just a very interesting development from like where they absolutely were at the beginning of Buffy and just like an, an just an interesting little roller coaster of like you guys are like stark not enemies exactly but you, she was the nerd she was the popular girl yeah well and like they like they like hated each other episode one yeah oh yeah and so like they've come so far also were they were they friends before like in like elementary school or something I don't think because so. I've gotten that vibe but I don't know if it's been said. Because, like, I got the vibe that, like, they were friends for a while and then broke off for some reason. Yeah, I've right. never, I don't think I've ever gotten that impression. Maybe I just made that up. Well. But I, I, I don't know. It did, it is, like, a cool full circle from softer side of Sears to now my boyfriend won't stop talking about you. <laughs> also, she referred to her in the third person, didn't she? She was like, Xander won't stop talking about Willow and Buffy. I feel so unseen. And Willow was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Because it's one of the first things she says before it pans out to yeah. Willow being next to her. I think she's trying to, she was saying in the third, like, not the, th- the third person, but like the the statement of like, oh, it's always about Willow Buffy. And that's still to the third person. Willow. You know, it is. Yeah. Well, it's not Willow maybe saying it's, it. Maybe no, it's no, no. like, it's but all Willow if, this if you, and Buffy that kind of a thing. Yeah, but of, if you say a person's name, that's the third person. Oh, yeah. Because to yeah. say no, you're right. it's all I'm about just being you stupid. would be the second person. I'm just being stupid. Yeah. And I'm being a pedantic Smart douchebag. Person. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, they're all complaining about it and it's... It's cute. I liked that it's interaction. It's weirdly enjoyable. It is. <laughs> that's how it's I would describe it. I really enjoyed that. And I, I think that's one of the few things you can get when you get like just a Monster of the Week episode. Because mm-hmm. there's not so much plot happening. You can take time to have two different characters interact that have not before mm-hmm. in an enjoyable way. And I like it. Right. I mean, they've interacted before, but not Yeah, in but not fashion. like this. Not yeah. in a, po- like a fully positive like way. Because like, Cordelia and Buffy have had their like ups. Mm-hmm. But like her and willow never really like clicked fully that we've seen the only time it's ever happened was when cordelia asked willow to help them with the with the prom that did happen then i remember that yeah and prophecy girl when they find all of those dead bodies in the school and but then, then she cordelia was being fake friendly and in this one she's being like genuinely friendly because this is when we see cordelia not just be like, excuse me, can I get a word in? Like, I'm in the middle of talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. She listens to Willow complain and reacts. Yeah, it's like a it's like a real friendship. Yeah, a real conversation rather than a hey therapy session. Listen to me. And then, lo and behold, a man interrupts with by being a werewolf and attacking the bronze. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I wrote. <laughs> Rut row, raggy werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said use the R's and everything. That's awesome. hilarious. Um, so I would like to feel because it's around. I mean, I guess it's the scene after when they're like cleaning up after she chains him and he gets mm-hmm. away. Mister Kane shows up and like talks some shit, and he's like, "That's what we get for having a woman do a man's job." <laughs> yeah. And I, the note I wrote says something like, "I don't know what the metaphor." for werewolves and misogyny is going to be. Because <laughs> I was, like, looking for analysis already, and I was like, I'm not... Like, it's... it, Like, he's a shitty person, and I'm picking up that message, but I just don't know what the metaphor is. And we'll cover more on that later, but I I actively wrote that here, so I want to make it known that, yeah. like, I, I was thrown off by it. That's interesting, because I think this might also be where I wrote down what I wrote down for the analysis, which is, like, just the overall theme. Um, I also like how uh, Buffy gets there, and they literally just shut the door and lock her in there. Like, here you go. Have the werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Rather, like, whoa, here's your food, werewolf. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Pretty much. Yeah. I didn't notice that. That's wild. Yeah, literally, she got there with uh, with Giles, pulled up in his little pimp mobile, <laughs> and, like, jumped out. I also like how she jumped out while the car was basically still, like, trying to stop, by the way. Where did um, she get those chains, too? Like, that's what I want to know. Just like, picked they just happened to have them on hand. Well, to be fair, it is Buffy. I, I feel like she probably does actually have those also i had that exact same question about oz later in the episode <laughs> yeah so. okay no, he was pulling them out of a box though like, yeah where did he go buy those <laughs> this was pre-amazon it's <laughs> not pre-amazon i mean it's sunnydale i mean I there's guess. a harbor freight down the road i'm sure <laughs> you're right <laughs> well we know we have a listener who works at Har- harbor freight so chelsea please write it <laughs> 
Uh, and but to to kind of further put on to your point about uh, Kane being there uh, during that and all of his comments and everything, how are there no cops involved? But we have the Detroit version of Crocodile Dundee in the fucking you know, I know they're right? like, what the fuck is going on? After Buffy tries to chain the werewolf and then she gets condescended towards by Kane, regardless of where she got that chain, we we uh we see the. The werewolf run into Angelus mm-hmm. while he's eating Teresa, and they just like part that's ways. The, yeah, that's that. <laughs> what my question is: if that werewolf didn't show up, what exactly was Angelus's plan to do with her? Just I, to just to kind of just he would, have he her turned, find her like normal. I feel yeah. like that's the plan what I thought. Doesn't change, right? Yeah, like, it didn't. And matter. that's what I was wondering: is like, is, did he change his plan at all? Was it, was there any other plan? And I don't think so. But you know, the question kind of still lingered for me. And I was like, huh, I wonder if this was like the OG thing. Obviously, he didn't prepare to meet with the werewolf, but like, well, so hmm. I think he did, right? Because like, it very clearly seemed like he laid a trail of blood to the body for the werewolf to come find. Kind did but, but then, it didn't matter because she only had the vampire bite so but they didn't they even still insinuated though that it was a vicious animal attack and so people just assumed right. like they did at the beginning that hey the werewolf this, must have gotten Teresa. yeah this is connected to the rabid animal that's going around right but like there's no marks to dis- he didn't need to show up yeah i don't think i think it was literally just like convenient a weird stylistic choice because I don't think that Angelus was doing anything with the werewolf. I think that the were I think it showed that the werewolf, I think it was just like a nod to the whole werewolves versus vampires thing. And it showed that like, they don't actually care about each other in this lore. Interesting. I also think that the werewolf didn't go after the body of Teresa because she was already turning. No, she was already dead too. I don't think she, it'd be interested in a dead well, body. Well, I think would that it? Would if it she not? was still warm, I think he would totally, it was fresh meat. I mean, it, it followed a trail of blood to the body. Yeah, and when yeah. Kane tries to tr- tries to shoot him later, he uses raw dead meat to like lure the werewolf. Oh, that's absolutely fair. I didn't think about that. But I don't think he went after Teresa because I think she was already in the process of turning. I feel like this is one of those things where if you think too hard about it, it ruins the story. Probably. Maybe. And I, I, think, I think we're getting caught up on the detail. I think the reason they they did that was just to make us the audience think. Oh, he's framing the werewolf. Okay. And then, which did turn out to be true, sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, the werewolf sense. didn't really do anything, so it didn't matter. But as the audience, we're making that connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it feels less jarring when, like, the news and Buffy make that connection later. Yeah. Well, because they... Guessing. Buffy hears about the fact that Teresa was killed on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, it reveals that the werewolf is Oz which you already said that you kind of made that guess. I, the note I have written, um, it says, I feel like I'm not surprised it's Oz for some reason. <laughs> I was like, I vaguely called it. Like, I wasn't like, it's Oz. But at the same time, no, I was like, I yeah. I knew it. Yeah, but I was like, I yeah, I think I knew that. And it shows Oz calling his aunt to confirm that he is a werewolf. And then it's he goes into the library. <laughs> he and- didn't see his face and needed the confirmation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buffy basically tells Oz he's a murderer. <laughs> I know. He was like, he was so ready to come in and be like, guys, I'm, I think I'm the werewolf. I think we need to do something. Yeah. And she is like, we're going to kill this werewolf. <laughs> I need six minutes alone in a cage with it. And he's like, oh shit, never mind. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to 
Yeah. And then they're like, hey, man, you murdered your friend. And he's like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Xander. So and this is where we find out Xander's an expert. I literally said, OMG, shut the fuck up, Xander. <laughs> um, but then Willow tries to get Oz's attention and he's busy. And and I, I, I love Willow, but I do think she kind of played this as the he doesn't want to be around me. When I, and I know where she's coming from as like a teenage girl. You think it's oh, he, he must hate me. I must have done something. Like what did I do? Where it's like his. Well, you just told him his friend died. First of all, mm-hmm. maybe think hey, maybe it had something to do with that. Like there were so many like things we could have like reached out to. Or like maybe he doesn't want to be here right now. Maybe he's taking that hard. Maybe he you know has other shit to do. But like it, but it was, was a very self centered scene. In a realistic way. And it doesn't, that kind of thing doesn't happen very often with Willow, I feel like. I feel like she's always like, Buffy, how are you? Xander, how are you? And like always Mm -hmm. checking on everyone else. But this is her chance to finally get a relationship. And so like, it's hard not to be about you when it's pivotal. How impactful of a situation. Yeah. I mean, mean, same thing. It's just, it's such. I mean, she is a teenage girl though. And it's very easy when you're a teenager in general to Mm -hmm. be a little bit narcissistic in that way Mm. but also like it's something she was struggling with and when you are in that state where like you've been struggling with this kind of agony or like and she has been agonizing over it it's it's becomes easier and you get quicker to just like attribute everything to solidifying that you're correct in your your despair essentially i can't fault her for that it was it was a different take on her character but not out of character like this is a big thing for her and it's hard to feel like it's not your fault if, if it's going wrong right i just feel so bad for oz like after just kind of seeing like and like learning more about him in the past like that's this general season and everything it's just like you've started to build like a little bit of a relationship for him and just being like oh Oz, like right. I know, I know you like, especially like him being as involved as he is. You you want him to continue growing and seeing him to kind of like shrink down, be like, oh, actually, I'm gonna peace out. Well, this is an extremely emotional, volatile episode for Oz. Oh yeah, which is interesting yeah. because he's such an unexpressive character, mm-hmm. and, and Seth S- Green does it so well. Seth Green's acting was so good, especially I love Seth in this Green. scene. And then that's when Xander confronts Larry in the locker room. Oh, God. And we so, have a, a scene that does not age well. It doesn't. No. But I, so my first note in this scene, which is different from the rest of them, is like, this fucking locker room. <laughs> <laughs> this shit true. is cursed. This is where Mitch was. And like, yeah, and where people re- have died. This is like. And it just looks fucking stupid. <laughs> I remember calling out in a previous episode, I was like, why are all these lockers so short? <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm sorry. Why do I have to reach down to, towards like my knees to grab yes. a towel? <laughs> like, why are the lockers like this skinny as well? I know, well? and they're like up to like their shoulders. And I was like, if what that. the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I've called it out before on this show. So when they were in there, I was like. They brought it back. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, I forgot how much I hated the locker room in this school. <laughs> and then it gets into the conversation they have. And they start talking, and my note says, oh, I remember this. Larry is gay. I've seen this episode. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And I, it was such, like, a jarring 
moment to realize I'd watched this scene with you. And I think I hadn't watched... I must have been, like, playing a video game or something and just tuned in in this scene when you were watching it. Or, like, your food showed up, so you came downstairs and started watching it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I remember vividly watching the scene with you and nothing before it. But, like, I was like, oh, no, I remember this. This was 100% one of those episodes where I was like, I'm going to watch this low-key in my living room, and if Stosh comes downstairs, maybe he'll watch the show with me because of this episode. <laughs> Because this is like, I love this episode. And it's it's a very memorable scene. Okay. So with this scene, I do want to get a feel for how you guys feel about it. Because for me, like, yes, Xander acts homophobic in it. And I'm obviously not a fan of anyone being homophobic in any capacity. But I feel like it's a very honest and genuine portrayal of how having someone come um, out to you in the 90s would have felt. I was going to say, I mm-hmm. flash forward, this is my most 90s thing, is the way Xander reacted to the whole thing. That's okay. very fair. And I think it kind of flows into the thousands too, but it's definitely not accurate of how someone in high school in the 2010s or currently would be. Oh, yeah. Which is a I'm huge applause on society because it's so great True. that in a decade or even in two decades that that has changed so significantly that now we're like, look at that. And we're like, that's not cool that Xander reacted that way. Which is wild. Cause I think in the nineties, that was like a progressive way for him to react. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I very specifically, once again, I'm quoting my notes. Exactly. I wrote the metaphor kind of makes more sense now, but also I'm not sure we're qualified to talk about this as straight people and i know you identified yourself as pan yeah right, on a previous episode so that, that was not that is correct that's yeah. not referencing you it's referencing me and jess anyway the point is like i don't feel comfortable representing any feelings on this scene really so okay. i would love to know what rain has to say on it but i if if i'm being honest it it kind of crossed i had the same thoughts as you guys where it's definitely that this is very 90s and like how like xander take takes everything but if i'm being quite honest for who xander has kind of shown himself to be i was kind of proud of how he did act in a way of where he wasn't like oh god get the fuck away from me or anything like that he wasn't aggressive that would have sucked yeah and like and like and like or if he'd been like uh and like you know try to distance himself physically or something he didn't like make any aggressive physical moves he wasn't like verbally like aggressive or anything like that you can tell he was uncomfortable which is absolutely fair but i also think the context of him trying to preface the conversation of i know what you are and i know because i was in the same place also kind of put him in the position of trying to like oh wait no i'm not gay i'm not gay i'm not trying to say that hold on and i don't want to bring you out as gay and oh god oh god what have i done so i think it was kind of panic for him yeah well and like that's part of why I made it my 90s thing for the episode but also like it's so realistic especially for that time frame to try to be supportive of a gay friend and then if you get roped into it you're like oh no no, I'm not gay like I can't be seen as gay and it's such an interesting dichotomy like you want to be supportive no it definitely is it's it's Um, a very double-edged sword and it's realistic writing I think um but also like as much as we've said on this podcast that Joss Whedon is a bad person has done bad things. I think he did have progressive writing for the nineties and this is a good example of it. And a lot of it is like the feminism of Buffy and everything. Right. Which we've talked about before, but this specifically is the first time we've seen something like this. Right. And I do think it was a really 
good take on it. I, it was that, a, that's a terrible phrasing. It but. was a big step in a progressive direction for the show because they could have taken a very bad take on it. on it. Yeah, yeah. they absolutely could have made this a very, like I said, not not just an aggressive thing, but a very emotionally like turmoil thing. Like, oh God, yeah. gross. It, Ew, I, I do like, like that. that. I mean, like. The writing makes sense of making him like a gross misogynist for right. being in the closet. Right. But also the way they don't villainize him at all once he's come out and how he feels better. And I think that like that in of itself is progressive. Like he's not a bad person anymore. And I do want to make note and kind of, you know, gives away to a little bit of the later part of the episode where he isn't that person. He has been disguising himself because he thought he needed to be whatever society told him he needed to be to be a standard stereotypical male. That's what I was talking about, like going to one extreme to hide the other. Exactly. But I do think that the episode plays another good part in that. And later when the other kids knock that book out of that chick's hand and he picks it up for her. And like there's no indication or um, implication. Implication. Thank you. There's no implication that they're gay. So, like, it's still saying men can act like that. Straight men can act like that. And he was taking it a little bit farther than everyone else. Right. But that's still how they were acting. So He was trying so hard to fit in that he took it to extremes. Right. But also, if you see someone acting like that, it's not like, oh, he's probably gay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it, I think it did a, as someone looking from the outside in, it, I feel like it did a really good job showing what can be and what also might not be. Right. I would love to, and I'm going to go in and I'm going to probably listen to the um, Buffy Gays podcast when they talk about this episode because I would, they have, I just haven't listened to it yet because I don't like to listen before we we do ours so so that I don't accidentally like steal their points, steal their, their stuff because I think that it, it would be worthwhile to listen to both. But like I would be, I am interested in their takes and it would be fun to have a conversation with them about it because they are. I would I would say that they are experts <laughs> on the subject, as you pointed out. We are not. It's just interesting because the Buffy community as a whole criticizes Xander. And I think that this is one of the reasons why is because he does come across as very homophobic. He comes off as episode. a very standard white guy. And it's it, and like, I understand that because that's kind of who he he was. Yeah. And, well, and I and this is like completely I don't I don't remember if I read this in Joss Whedon's biography or if. I got this from somewhere else, but I do believe that they were considering making Xander gay at one point and just decided it didn't work. And I think that if he had become gay, this would have painted this episode in a whole different light. It would have. Um, And I I think not just with this scene, but with the him hyper-focusing on Willow and Buffy too. It it definitely, if later he came out as gay, it would have really, like you said, painted this in a different light. And I know that that's a little bit of a spoiler, so I don't want to like dwell on that well, too much. Well, now I know he's straight. You ruined the show for me. <laughs> you got well, damn it. Because <laughs> yeah, and and this show did do a lot for the LGBTQ community, and I don't want to like reveal things before they happen. But this was just kind of like the start of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. The the little bit of the spark that you know ignited the tinder that continued this into further seasons yeah (laughs) um i do want to state though good on good on larry though it's extremely hard to make that step especially to a stranger to well not just a stranger but to someone you don't really exactly trust and even though 
it, it feels like, you know, Xander's trying to make that, that reach towards Larry and be like, look, I've been in your position. You can open up to me. And that's not exactly what was happening, obviously. But, you know, having that reach and him taking that step when he didn't have to and him right. deciding to make that change. And that's what I was trying to say, too, was in a time when, I mean, I, I don't think that bullying for being gay has completely gone away by any means. No, no. But I do think it was probably a lot worse in the 90s than Absolutely. it is now. So I, that I think adds to it in at least a retrospective perspective. But around the same time that we're figuring out that Larry is uh, swinging in a different direction than we thought, we also find out that uh, Buffy and Xander are starting to figure out uh, once they kind of meet back up that the attack isn't a werewolf. Yes. Right? Cause they meet up to talk about, well, how's your thing? Well, there we go. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't ask questions. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing happened. Before that, though, they're in the library and oh, Buffy's like, Willow, is there anyone else who might be the werewolf? And she's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. And I wrote down, is Buffy the werewolf? <laughs> Buffy question. Can we talk about how crazy of a twist that would be? God, that'd be so Buffy fun. the vampire slayer werewolf. werewolf. <laughs> that I mean, would, wait, wouldn't that just no, be Van Helsing? Buffy the werewolf vampire slayer. It would be Van Helsing. Yeah. I like this take. I don't want to decide between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Hugh Jackman. Though. So I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> but then we switched to Buffy realizing Teresa wasn't attacked by a werewolf. Because her and Xander go see the body. Mm-hmm. No, uh, not yet. They uh, were. No. Well, they're in, the, they're in the hallway talking about it and it immediately flips to them going and checking the yeah, body. Because she was like, yeah, and this thing was, uh, you know, and you know, poor Teresa was mauled by this thing. And then she sat there and just like, wait she wasn't mauled she was bit wait <laughs> and then they go to see Teresa. was there weird sexual tension in this scene or did i make that up you did not make it up you and did i did not pick not. up on it before okay oh. I, I didn't like it there's a uh, i literally but, have in my notes do not ship buffy xander same nobody does but it de- there was definitely tension in the scene and i was like huh. yeah so Teresa becomes a vampire also and i did they not how did Buffy and Xander not see that coming? Because I saw it coming a mile away. That she was going to be a vampire? Thank you. Yeah. Like, I didn't see it coming the first time I saw it. Really? No, yes, I did. But okay. that's because we saw it. Angel. Buffy didn't know that it was Angelus I, who I turned either Teresa. Way. I feel like anytime you see a corpse and it's got a vampire bite, you're like, this thing's probably going to wake up in five minutes. Like, I think that should just be your thought. Especially as the Slayer who needs to be prepared. Also, she didn't have her purse with any stakes in it. So she had to fucking rip apart this sign so she could stab her. It was fine. Well, it wasn't no, fine, it wasn't. actually. She almost got eaten. Yeah. But she almost got eaten because she got thrown off by the line mm-hmm. that Teresa gives her. That's true. She still should have been more prepared. I Well, I think the whole point of that scene was Buffy talking about how she screwed up and wasn't prepared for vampires because she was so honed on the werewolf thing. And it kind of gives you a window into the fact that Buffy's still not fully back to 100% after everything that she went through last episode. And All in right. general, she's not ready for Angelus. Instead, I picked up on she's unprepared right now and it makes me mad. <laughs> well, I'm judging her on harsh, unfairly, I guess. <laughs> I gotta tell you, after that, when Xander... Bro, like, hold on. Can I make a meta comment real quick? Yeah. When she uh, Teresa says Angel sends his regards or whatever she said, Angel sends his love. It's in my quotes. Yeah, sure. Um, we'll get to that later. You can quote it later still. When she says it, there's a fucking guitar dive bomb <laughs> as 
ain't as Buffy's face like goes into shock, mm-hmm. and it's just such awesome sound design. Like I, it, I, it was just good. I don't know. And there's like yes, uh, like peak I th- Buffy. I, yeah. Stosh. I think as a musician, it, that sound design is what got me. But that's and fine. I don't notice it a lot, so I wanted to bring it up now. Well, I'm proud of you. Thanks. It was good. But now you have now you're gonna start keeping your ears out. I'm sure for other things. Or I'll forget. <laughs> or you'll forget, and we'll never talk about it again. It's, Either it's, one, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but both are very strong possibilities. <laughs> But uh, no, you're right. That's that was like a super strong thing, and then it, it was. and it throws her off her game. So Xander has to stake the vampire for her. Also, is, yeah, I did think when they were like hugging and there was a lot of sexual tension, I was like, "Ooh, the camera's gonna pan and Cordy's gonna be there," and that didn't happen. No, can I tell you? I was like, I having watched this episode so many times, I was like, and see, he's being a good friend to her. Oh, this is weird. I don't like this. <laughs> It was weird. I also, I also didn't like it. And you know honest. something? I feel like Xander also didn't like it. No, and he literally said, "Yeah, because my life's not this kind. Of life. Yeah, my life already. needs to be more complicated." Yeah, something right? like that. Then we skip over to Oz's house. Well, it skips right? to Kane making silver bullets. Oh, that's you're all right. He really God, does. I didn't. I was gonna say. I was like, I don't even have that in here. Yeah, but I, oh. I, I put. I also like to smoke meth before werewolf hunting. <laughs> was he smoking meth? No, it just had. <laughs> No, it just had a meth lab vibe with him with his little science setup and like melting the silver. Then it switches to Oz at his house. And so Oz and Willow is knocking an obnoxious amount. Oh, yeah. Every like two seconds, she knocks like 10 times. And I was like, calm down. Like, she's very got, insistent. If we got that perspective from the outside of the house, I feel like she would look like a psycho. Like, and it, like, it made sense from his perspective. He, oh, he needs to go get the door. And, like, we know it's Willow, but he doesn't. And he needs to go see what's going on. But she's just like, knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. I'm like, he might not even be home. Calm down. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, like, I think that it was just, like, this urgent thing. Because he was like, maybe if they stop, or if I don't answer, they'll go away. But the way that she was knocking was like, no, I have to address this. But she needs to calm down. It, it, it I agree with you. She does. But she's a teenage girl, so she's not going to calm down, Stosh. Just accept that. I Especially just, when she's... I don't, I don't think I've ever knocked at someone's house more than twice and not just left. Yeah, that's pretty fair. But I, I know that she was... I've also never been a teenage girl, fair enough. Well, this, like specifically, like she well. was very driven at that moment to be like, <laughs> I need to get down to the bottom of this crap with him. Like, I need to do this. I need to figure out what's going on. I want my honey buns is basically what she's adding up to. She's like, I want my smooches. Well, it was it was very similar to the way she was with Xander in the last episode. So we're finally seeing Willow with some fire in her. Mm-hmm. And some I appreciate gumption. that so much. So I'm willing to forgive her for the fact that she's not calm. The important thing is she's like, why do you have chains and stuff? And then he turns into a werewolf. And I, watching this scene, I did remember watching this scene at your house, too. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know who Oz was when I watched at your house, so I yeah. didn't like click. So I didn't. I mean, I knew he was the werewolf this time because the reveal had already happened. But like, it didn't like spark something in me the way the other scene did with Larry being gay. So Willow shows up, and then it kind of shows like this scene of like Kane looking for him, Willow being chased by him through the woods, and her like meeting up with Giles and Buffy in the library. I did want to make one comment on the transition scene for Oz turning into a werewolf when she was there. Mm -hmm. That happened so fast. 
Him turning into a werewolf? Yes. Well, and I, I mean that within like approximately like he drops behind the couch. She was like, Oz, are you okay? Started walking towards him. It took less than 10 seconds for him to fully transform. I want you to just for a second, imagine just the stress of like you bending your fingers or like pulling your fingers. How painful that would be. You literally turning into a completely different sized creature with different length limbs within 10 seconds has to be one of the most painful things that I could even fucking think of right now. Two things with that. One, yeah, that sounds painful as crap. Two, if you'll recall, Giles brings up the fact that you have zero memory of it. So while it would be super painful, like... think It it would only be to your werewolf form. Yeah, Yeah. and it's important. So three things. The third thing is... um, it has to be fast yeah. because Giles specifically says that someone like might not even realize that they're becoming the werewolf. Right. And like it took a while for you to transform. I think you'd remember that. No. Uh, God. I mean, you could black out as it starts. Right. That's true, I guess. But I, it's interesting that you bring that up only because I felt like that scene was so slow because it focused on Willow's reaction. Right. It and wasn't it, it on was. how fast he transformed. It was Willow being like, Oz? And like slowly approaching. Okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. And she slowly walks up. So like the thriller scenario. Yeah. You're probably right that it was really fast transformation, but because it's from Willow's perspective, I personally felt like it was super slow. And I was like, this is taking forever. <laughs> probably I think cinematically it was slow, they but meant I think to do if it, you think about it from like the actual storyline, yeah. it was fast. That's, yeah. It's it's an interesting dichotomy of how and, me and you each took that scene. Right. And, like that. and I guess it just brings up another point of like, I'm, I'm really glad that, I don't know if it was Joss Whedon specifically or whoever it was that kind of came up with how these werewolves specifically worked in this universe, but like changing like how they do transform if they do or don't remember what is happening, because I know that's kind of not exactly the same story in every lore for werewolves. Like some Mm -hmm. feel everything Mm -hmm. and like, I'm so and like, I know Giles did say, uh, you know, you know, they don't remember, which is, fantastic however it does leave that thought in my head of like what if there's that one that feels everything that doesn't black out or like what you know if they didn't how would that feel and like it just kind of like came to my mind of like that would probably be one of the most excruciating things ever in the world kind of like i think harry potter i'm pretty sure professor lupin I'm pretty sure he feels it all. And it it happens within, you know, maybe 20 seconds or so yeah. that he changes. And like, it's a different type of werewolf, obviously, than what's in this universe. And it's like long and gangly and like completely different form than a standard bipedal humanoid. And like, it's it's just scary to think about like your bones stretching out like that, I guess. And that's even completely different than like the werewolves in Van Helsing with Hugh yep. Jackman, where the Hugh Jackman's character Van Helsing has complete control the whole time he's a wolf he's just stronger right but he also does that weird thing where you can tell it hurts for him too Mm because he literally rips off his skin and everything yeah it's painful and like that's just terrifying and like in in like certain circumstances some of them grow hair too and like imagine mass growing huge hunks of hair just within seconds ugh that's you uncomfortable. Like feel it popping out of your pole. I don't oh, like it. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, we're not going to get too much farther into that because now it's going to start freaking me out. But so there's like <laughs> this whole scene where they're like, Blow's um, being chased and then she runs into the library where Giles has a tranquilizer gun 
and Willow reveals to Buffy and Giles that Oz is the werewolf. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then they go up, they go into the forest where Kane has set a trap for the werewolf. Mm-hmm. The dead carcass bitch. we talked about earlier. Huh? I said, Kane is such a bitch. <laughs> I think we can all agree. <laughs> and then he's going to shoot Oz and Buffy beats him up. Yeah, I was going to say the flying kick out of the fucking left pan just fucking kicks him like the gun right out of his hands and everything. That was just solid Buffy like legwork there. Um, Also, kudos to Willow for being able to run that far, hopping over fences, trying to get away from a werewolf. True. She's not superhuman like Buffy. No, and she's she's not even athletic. (laughs) Like, that's pretty freaking great. To be fair, I would be running for my fucking life as well. So, like, that's, that's, you know, I'm I'm glad she did. (laughs) Fight or flight response, that's for sure. But then there's a struggle. Willow shoots Oz with the tranquilizer gun. Go Willow for taking the shot. And then Buffy bends Kane's gun. gun. (laughs) Another Harry Potter callback to Hagrid just... (laughs) That's all I think of. Someone giant bending a gun every time. But just like... This was technically first, but... How wild! (laughs) I liked that scene a lot, too. Did you? Oh, yeah. Where she bends his rifle and then she's like, take it and go. I was just like... What a wild, inconsistent show of strength. I don't think it is inconsistent. I've never seen her bend metal like that before. No, but Call back to her... the dummy episode when she couldn't lift the can- the, right. the giant chandelier but Once again, her... I said that was inconsistent. So if you, you did. disregard that, other shows of her strength are consistent with this. Remember her pushing the fucking hundred fucking ton door open? Like breaking locks without even trying truth okay. like she is very consistently hyper hyper strong right okay. her her thing is she's not endurance she cannot take a hit but she can give a hit buffy is a glass cannon there you go all right fair and i'll accept it has actually been mostly consistent through the show except the chandelier thing and i bet i've brought it up another time right i'm not remembering it right now but okay. she has been consistently strong and i think bending a gun like that is consistent with her powers agreed how many more times can i say consistent in the next two minutes consistent (laughs) but neither of those were me (laughs) but then it switches to the next day and we get that really nice scene where larry thanks xander for helping him with his struggle and him being all nice and picking up people's papers when they fall and mm-hmm. being a completely different person than first portrayed in this uh, earlier episode. Yeah, he didn't even try to look up Buffy's skirt. No. Yeah. yeah, she makes a comment. <laughs> and I really liked the transition from that scene to the next one where Xander's like doing the same thing he did with Buffy and Angel where he's like, if it were up to me. And I love the way that Buffy was like. It's not up to you. Mm-hmm. And like, I love the way that they like voiced over Sarah Michelle Geller's voice over Willow, like going up to talk to Oz. Like, I just really liked that. That impression that is like, it's not your choice and Willow making her choice at mm-hmm. the same time. And oh my gosh, I didn't write down that whole scene because I was too busy enjoying it. But that whole. I know. Did you? No, I didn't write it down. Did, did you write some of this as your quote? No. Did you? Go for it. No. But I made a joke out of it. What did you, what's a, your joke? It's a gross joke. <laughs> but she says, sorry for shooting you. And he says, sorry for almost eating you. 
And <laughs> oh, no. I definitely wrote, she definitely wants him to eat her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, Does that count as a bite? Okay, sorry. That's a question for another discussion. Not sorry. if you don't use teeth. Excellent. Science requires testing. <laughs> Further testing. Okay, I'll let you do that. <laughs> Fine, well... I mean, I, I mean, girl, find make me, girl. Make we'll me a werewolf and find me a girl. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call up Joss so we didn't ask him. But I like the ending of the scene and the general episode with her ending Willow. it with a period joke. <laughs> I liked that. I didn't I feel like it was, it was great, a joke, yeah. but I did. Well, yes, it was it, a joke. It was definitely it was, a period but joke. It was, it was tasteful, and I really liked it. It was tasteful. Three, and I really loved I'm not I'm more an tasteful animal than too. mine. Yeah. <laughs> But I loved the like. I'd still if you'd still, I'd still, I'd very still. still. And I was just like, you guys are so cute. They're super cute. Well, it's kind of a flashback to the earlier part of the episode when they, the very first couple of lines where she approaches him when he's looking at the trophy and, he, and she goes, "Hi," and he's like, "That's exactly what I was gonna say." And that's actually one of the quotes I have is, uh, "Hi, oh, that's what I was gonna say." <laughs> Will and Oz intro. <laughs> yeah, it's just their cute banter, and you can tell they just vibe and get along well. And then she kisses him. Yes. You, she That's runs away. And, and then Oz she comes is, back and kisses him. And she a does werewolf in love. Make the first move. She does. And I'm very proud of her because I know it's probably like one of the scariest things that's happened for her is like getting the gumption up to just kiss the boy she likes. Yes. 